My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to episode 7 of our NFL Summer Series preview. On the Oddscast podcast, I'm Donnie DeLeo, alongside Joe DeLara, Terry Takes. Today, we're talking... NFC West, produced by Corey Benavides. Guys, how you doing today? I think we're going to start this by talking about the loser's curse in the Super Bowl, because I think that this is something that, when I looked at it, was a little overplayed. I think that most people think immediate loss in the Super Bowl, like the 49ers uh, did last year in this division immediately then miss the playoffs the next year. And that's just really not that true. What do you guys think of the Super Bowl losers curse? Do you believe in it? Should we apply it to the 49ers this season? We'll start with San Francisco. Well, yeah, they're, they're the Super Bowl loser. That's what, That's why wouldn't we start there? I know. So let's talk about it. The 49ers okay. won 13 games last year. They're plus 105 to win the division on BetMGM. That line could be any different between even I saw some minus numbers on DraftKings and FanDuel. Their over-under is 10 and a half, and they lost the Super Bowl. Terry, let's start with you. Do you give any credence to the Super Bowl loser's curse, and do you think it applies to the 49ers in 2020? Uh, yes, Dominic, I do. I am a very superstitious person, not so I do believe in curses. So I believe in the Super Bowl losers curse as I know you are not superstitious at all, which makes no sense to me. And I don't understand how you <laughs> I, live your life <laughs> not being crippled by anxiety of where you sit to watch a football game or what socks you wear, or how you put on your shoes every day. Um, I, I'm a superstitious person. I, I, in, in, in some aspects, I do want to push back on your, belief in these curses because you have been on the Tampa Bay. And I don't want to get into this because we're talking NFC West, but you've been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, even though any time a team has hosted the Super Bowl in their home stadium, they haven't made the Super Bowl. Yeah. And well, I didn't know that when I bet it, but so I'm <laughs> going to conveniently ignore that curse for now. So how about that? <laughs> so, but I, this is what I'm talking about in terms of the curse, maybe not being as applicable or as big as you think, because I looked back on it and obviously you think of the Rams in 2018, missing the playoffs last year. You think of the Panthers, maybe going 15 and one, losing to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, going six and 10 the next year. But the Fal even the Falcons, if we're just talking over unders and regular season performance, like we do in these summer series preview podcasts, the Falcons in 2016 lost the Super Bowl in that 28 to three, just blow up fashion. And then they actually made the playoffs the next year in 2017. So, and you look at all those Patriots teams that lost the Super Bowl in uh, like, you know, the Super Bowl, they lost to the Eagles. They end up winning the Super Bowl the next year. So it was a trend. I, when I was looking it up, it's in like the early two thousands, but you know, Obviously, the Rams at in 2018 losing the Super Bowl, going nine and seven, maybe similar this year with the 49ers. Let's talk about the 49ers and why you think this would that, that they would fall victim to this uh, trend more so than a curse. Um, I think there's some 
some questions to be asked about Jimmy, Jimmy G. He's still, you know, you could argue that this is his second year in the league as mm-hmm. a third 29 year old quarterback. Um, he, I mean, obviously that whole narrative changes if he doesn't overthrow um, what's his name, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl on that last drive. Um, but I mean, the NFC West, they're playing the AFC East and the NFC East. So not the toughest divisions in the world. Um, so this is just, I think, going to be a rock fight within a division of who can just, you know, get to four and two in the division and they'll win even three and three. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. Uh, I think Jimmy G, you know, like you said, it, it's weird how one throw can just change a narrative because he was pretty good in terms of PFF uh, in, the, in their grades last year. Uh, really was, I think it was top 10 or top 15 quarterbacks in terms of his gradings and in terms of his accuracy on stepbacks. Obviously, the big thing, and I love the offensive line, as you all know, Joe Staley retiring. I know they add Trent Williams from the Redskins, even though he didn't play last year, has been an all-pro guy his entire career, but he's a little bit older. I think Staley, when you look at that run and how good that offensive line was in making holes for Mostert to kind of be this breakout player in the playoffs, giving Jimmy G all this time. Kyle Shanahan's schemes really are operating in a lot better fashion when it comes to a very competent and excellent offensive line, which the 49ers had last year, much in part to Joe Staley. Joe, what do you think of the 49ers offense before we go on their defensive end um, and look at kind of the trends there? I mean, it did seem this. I, I still kind of agree that I feel like even though Jimmy, like even though Jimmy G kind of grades well, he just doesn't, he didn't make me feel like he passed like the eye test. Like their offense, their offense does not really inspire me. And then losing a piece on the offensive line where I think the best part of their offense was relying on a run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to wonder how that's going to affect their chemistry, how the off season now, uh, they had obviously a shorter off season because of the Super Bowl, Um, but then now this off season that's been disrupted by the coronavirus, um, how that's going to affect their conditioning, their teamwork, and everything else. Um, so I'm not super excited about their offense. Yeah. But Shanahan kept, what's his name? Sala, the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's I like. In, if I'm gonna double down on the Niners again this year, it's gonna be because Sala stayed with the team. Like in any other season, I don't know why he wasn't hired as a head coach, but mm-hmm. in any other season, you have like by all accounts a dominant defense, a, a defense that can rush the quarterback, complicated schemes, and just by all accounts looked like an all-world defense. And Sala was a big part of that. And I don't know why he wasn't given a head coaching job, but he comes back and there's just continuity here on defense. And I wanted to touch, I guess we can go into defense. I, I didn't want to flag that this team is good for the, the, the reasons that I like this team this year is because they have Kyle Shanahan. They have George Kittle Fact. and they have, and they have, <laughs> Robert Sala. And that's also true. 
Yeah. Kittle Kittle was 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 one of the, was one of those supposed to be a lie. <laughs> George Kittle had like a 93 overall grade. He was one of the best players in the NFL last year and everything they did offensively, a lot of it relied on him. Uh but Sala comes back. Uh Nick Bosa D Ford, they draft Javon Kinlaw in the first round to kind of add to that. And they also lost uh, and to replace uh, DeForest Buckner, who they traded to the Colts. I, I think defensively, there could be a little regression, especially on in, in their secondary, starting with Richard Sherman, who had a career year after being pretty average above average for the last three or four years. So I think there could be some defensive regression, but Sala being there really gives me some uh, gives me a little vote of confidence in projecting the Niners to be a 10, 11 win team again. Yeah. I just, I mean, if you just look back at last season, they, you know, were a goal line stand away from being the fifth seed and having to go on the road in mm-hmm. the wild card game. So against a fraudulent Seattle team that will my, bo- my birds, let's go but still. So it's, I don't know. NFL is crazy how things can turn on a dime. And uh, for them to win 13 games again, and winning 10 games in the NFL is hard unless you're the New England Patriots in a division with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Mm-hmm. So in this division where I think, again, I'll use the, the cliche of a rock fight, it, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the divisional odds, the Niners are pretty much even money, but in any other year with a 13 and three team, you would see probably a favorite. Like it wasn't the Rams last year. I think the Rams last year after they lost the Super Bowl were still minus 150 to minus 180 to win the division. I think a lot of that has to do, you know, this year with the Niners now being a little less odds at plus 105 around even money. I think it has to do with the players they lost. Like I said, Joe Staley, they lost Emmanuel Sanders and they lost to Forrest Buckner. And I don't know whether it's – and, Terry, you're probably right that this division just top to bottom seems to be one of the toughest in the league because I think the 49ers and the Seahawks, some people think of them as, like, elite teams. We'll get to the Seahawks in a bit. The Rams still have some uh, – and we'll get into them too. And they, I actually like the Rams, and we'll talk about them a little bit more, but they have a history with McVay as a coach that's been very successful in this league. And they have the Cardinals, an upstart team that a lot of people are backing, um, especially after adding DeAndre Hopkins. So Just I don't say know. Rock fight. Just say rock fight. Rock fight. I don't know whether <laughs> I, I, I think this team, if they're, if they're in any other division, I'm happy to throw it back. Like if they were in, let's say the. Don't you do it. <laughs> I was gonna actually say like the NFC North, like okay. a team like even a division like that where the Seahawks and Packers are probably comparable teams in terms of like fraudulent efficiency metrics on DVOA, but like from top to bottom, I think this division is actually pretty tough. Joe, do you lean any way ten and a half over under with this team? Um. Not particularly, but I, I, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna lean the I'm, I'm gonna say the under, um, just based on the fact that I think it's like I, like what Terry was just saying. I think it's hard to win uh, that many games back to back years. We've seen it with so many teams that you know have great seasons, make runs, and then next thing you know they're an eight win team. 
Um, so with at ten and a half, it may, they have to win eleven. I don't know. I think this division is very tough. So I'm going to say under. They do have, like Terry said, though they are playing the NFC and AFC East, yeah. which is a which is a big deal when it comes to wins because that you're yeah. playing. No, it definitely is. I just, I just am leaning. I would lean more the under just because I think the division's so hard. Like mm-hmm. I could see, I could see it. I could see the 49ers going, you know, three and three, just even in the division. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that they're going to, I think they're going to have a tough time maybe even being above 500 in this division. Whoa. Hot. So like in their divisional, in, in their divisional games. No, I, I get it. I get it. Terry, what do you think on the uh, 10 and a half number? Uh, I, I lean, I, I bet the, I will bet the under on 10 and a half. I think 11 wins is a lot, especially due two years in a row. Um, yes, they're playing the AFC, NFC East, um, both should have improved. Um, you know, the AFC East isn't as top heavy anymore. Um, and again, that's four games that they have to travel to the East coast as a West coast team. Um, so I, I, I just, I got, I got to go under 10, 10 and a half wins is, is 11 wins is a lot for this division. That's fair. I'm, I'm probably staying away. Um, I think this team is very talented. If Salah wasn't the defensive coordinator again, I would probably bet the under, but that defensive regression, it, it's very similar to that bears team you saw two years ago where Fangio leaves and there's a huge drop off on defense. And I think that, Sala being there, the continuity of this team, a lot of veteran leadership, a lot of young guys on defense, and it's just a great mix. And defensively, I just think that they're going to beat up on these AFC, NFC East teams. So even if they go three and three in the division, like I would not be surprised if they go six and two against those other divisions. So it's, you know, it's a stay away from me at the end, but I would lean the, probably the over, to be honest with you. Wow. Seahawks moving on to Joe's favorite team. I love them. Won 11 games last year. As Terry said, 49ers were a goal line stand away from playing in the wild card game, and the Seahawks jumping them at 12 wins. Plus 240 to win the division at BetMGM, and their over-under is at 9.5. Joe, let's start with you. Why do you like this team, um, given I, that they seem to play in one score games in all 16 of their of their games in the season. And it looks like they're five plays away from being a seven and nine or six and 10 team. I, and I think a lot of it really just is uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, it, he's, I think one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't think that's really a debate. And then they have a lot of receiving weapons. They, you know, between Metcalf, Lockett, um, so on and so forth. I, I just, I like the team. I feel like given in a season such as this, where it's hard to, uh, it might be hard for some of these teams to come together, build rapport properly, where you have such strong leadership with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, I think that's something that can carry a team. Plus you have Pete Carroll, who is, who's one, I, I forget. He just, he's, he wins games, you know, like he's, uh, I forget what the stat is, but he, like the worst season he's had with the Seahawks is like seven wins or something like that. Most gum chewed in a season. That too. So um, I do, I like the Seahawks. I think that there's a lot to be said about the continuity between, um, you know, Russell Wilson, the receiving core and uh, Pete Carroll, who has shown that he's not afraid to 
go to the hot hand or switch off of uh, like an expensive player or expensive running back or something like that. He goes to whoever is performing. And I think that that type of mentality in a season where there's not as much uh, time spent maybe over the off season, training guys, seeing what they can do, his adaptability is something that I think is going to be invaluable this season. Yeah, I think that Carroll and Wilson are, and maybe Metcalf, if he takes a step forward, Bobby Wagner on defense, like there's, there's not many, like this team on paper is not that great. Like apart from Wilson and no. <laughs> like their offensive line has not really been good. Uh, obviously no. Wilson can, he kind of masked that deficiency. Exactly. And I, th- like, I think in terms of like pure quote unquote MVP, like the most valuable player for his team. And if he goes down, like they're fucked. Russell Wilson is probably that guy. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I bet like, I think they should try to go out and sign Cam Newton too, but. They add Greg Olson as a tight end. Third leg Greg. Who was, who was supposed to be a broadcast announcer, um, play-by-play, uh, not play-by-play, but a color commentator. And they lose Davion Clowney, who is still not signed, but um, I've, I've heard rumors of him potentially coming back. This team also has zero pass rush. Um, like yeah, they're not signing Clowney is like wild. They, I, don't, they, I feel like they need, they need him. Yeah, I, I think they're they're decent in coverage, mostly because of their linebackers. Like I said, Bobby Wagner is one of the best linebackers in football, but their pass rush is just non-existent on the line. Like I have them as one of the worst pass rushing teams in football, like up there, right up there with the New York Giants. Like they can't rush the the quarterback. Um, and obviously Clowney could help with that a little bit. Maybe they think that they have some guys that they like that could take some steps forward, but other like really other than Wilson and other than Carroll, I don't like this team at all. So yeah, Carroll, unless Carroll. they're yeah, unless they're gonna go get somebody like Clowney or like I don't even know, or somebody's gonna have to develop rapidly. I mean their sack leader last year, um besides uh I think it was Raheem what was it Rasheem Green at four. Yeah. Like it's nothing. It's a joke. I have uh, Mayowa as their best graded pass rusher. Uh, that's per PFF grades. Wagner's actually their best graded pass rusher, but he's not rushing the quarterback uh, as much as those guys. Terry, real quickly, over under nine and a half, where do you lean? Um, do you trust Seattle to be a 10-win team again, given their roster deficiencies, but also taking into account Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll? Uh, yes, it's very hard to bet against Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Just, I used to hate Pete Carroll as USC head coach because I was a Notre Dame fan, but God, I love him now. Um, just looking at, um, their Pythagorean theorem wins from last year, they should have won eight games and that's based off of like points for points against. Um, so they play a lot of close games. They're a very lucky team. Um, but I mean, you have you have Russell Wilson, so it's he's basically the polar opposite of Philip Rivers, where if you're down four in the fourth quarter and you have 80 yards to go with a minute 30 left, you feel you're good. Probably, you're probably going to win the game with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Um, so nine and a half, I, I I see them right around nine wins. I 
if anything, I'd probably lean the under, but I have no strong convictions. Um, yeah. But I, do, I, I don't think they're that good of a team. But it goes to, like, the Patriots aren't a good team. Like, last year, they didn't have weapons, but they have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So mm-hmm. you can see that how that wins you games. Good good comparison, uh, especially in the AFC-NFC East schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I probably lean under as well. Like, this team probably, unless Wilson gets hurt, is not – a blow up team like they're not going to come out if Wilson stays healthy the whole year and win five six games they'll probably be around seven eight nine I think that's a good thing I don't see them being an elite team like I don't see them winning 12 13 games but I would say nine is a good number but I would probably say they're a seven eight win team I'll, I'll come out and, and lay that on the line do you know who their backup quarterback is I have it as Gordon Anthony Gordon undrafted quarterback Hmm. Yeah, I wait. No, isn't yeah. I mean, the Seahawks are like that prime team that I think would definitely benefit, considering they don't have a ton of weapons. With maybe like that seventh uh, playoff team, they did uh, re-sign Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith. That was in May. Geno. So yeah, but that's that's the thing though. Like you said, if Russell Wilson gets hurt, they you know Geno Smith's not stepping in if. Jimmy G gets hurt. They have Nick Mullins, who, I mean, I think as a Shanahan, you can put any running back in his scheme. Mm-hmm. Also a Shanahan thing. You could probably put any quarterback in his scheme. Yeah, like their floor is way lower. Um, yeah. Given yeah. the circumstance. I would agree. Uh, let's move on to the Rams. Nine wins last year. First time in Sean McVay's career as the Rams head coach where they did not win 10 games Plus 350 to win the division. They're over under sits at eight and a half, eight on some books. Terry, let's go to you first. Um, we, I'm, I'm imagining we're not going to see eye to eye on this Rams team. <laughs> um, I go back and forth because I think last year was a letdown year for the Rams. Um, and I want to believe in them, but they are just in cap hell they've lost Todd Gurley which I mean you can argue how good was Gurley with his mm-hmm. just legs did you want to stand on running backs or? no please don't um, <laughs> Brandon Cooks Dante Fowler Eric Weddle who's like 50 years old so um, and then they had Jalen Ramsey who's a you know a generational talent are they going to re-sign him or not um, and then Cam Akers in the draft to replace Gurley. I I want to believe in the Rams. So it's like I I they they have the Bears and at the Bucks, my Bucks. But I I think this could be a bounce back year where I think the Cardinals are a little overrated. Um, and I I want I want you to convince me to bet okay. on the Rams. Let me <laughs> let me give you my pitch on the Rams. Just as we talked about Pete Carroll and to probably more of an extent Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, um, and we talked about Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. Also, just NFC West, probably the toughest division when it comes to coaching. Um, I personally don't believe Rock in fight. Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. I think you're right, and they're probably a little overrated. Um this season, I think that everyone is discounting the Rams when they probably have 
more so than the Falcons, the highest ceiling out of these like second, third tier NFC teams. Like it would not surprise me at all. Sean McVay after winning, after going 11 and five in his first year, 13 and three in his second year, more so like out of nowhere. And based on their schemes, obviously they have Aaron Donald, who's probably the best generational talent on defense in terms of just being a phenomenal pass rusher, run suffer. Like he was the number one player in the NFL ranked by the players last season. Like he is PFF's highest overall graded defensive interior lineman, like for the last six years, like he is just a legendary talent. You take Jalen Ramsey, who you touched on, who was traded mid season last year as an addition to this team who could be a generational talent, had an off year, but you know, struggles to come into a new a new system was bounced around in Jacksonville had a very rough start to the season. He's essentially their first round pick. Yes. Um, they replace Gurley with Cam Akers, who is probably my favorite rookie of the year bet just because of the numbers that will probably come about if he gets 80 to 90% of the touches like Sean McVay. I am my, my basic Rams pitch comes down to Sean McVay. Like if you're believing in him as a coach last off season that had anybody. And I think you put it this way in our, one of our podcasts, I forget which episode it was in the NFL summer series previews where you said, if somebody sniffed one of Sean McVay's farts and got a coaching job, um, I think you were talking about Zach Taylor on the bank. That was, <laughs> I think yeah. that was verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. No, I Perfect mean, the, it's an eloquent quote. So yeah, I think I said it. <laughs> so that eloquent quote from Terry takes our generations, Robert Frost, um, the, <laughs> Sean McVay's reputation amongst the league was innovator, like hall of fame track head coach, like the next great head coach and has still after winning, going nine and seven being basically two plays away from being 11 and five where they missed a field goal in, I think it was like week five or week six in Seattle. Uh, Greg Zerline misses, I think it was like a 41 yard field goal that they would have won that game. And then they blow a game against the Niners in San Francisco. I think it was week 16. Like this team was there and everyone just wants to say, Oh, they're in cap hell when they didn't lose a lot. In my opinion, like I, I really don't think the yeah. girly thing means a lot. Um, they lost some defensive pieces, but they added some guys like Antoine Robinson, uh, guys, and then they bring in, uh, they, they have a full season with Cooper cup being healthy. Hopefully Van Jefferson, a rookie coming in Their tight ends were actually very good. And I've seen some pieces when they run both Higby and Everett, like in two tight ends, uh, sets, the Rams offensively in DVOA were much higher than they were when they ran three wide receiver sets. So I think if you give McVay a full off season to figure out what the hell went wrong, even though things really didn't go that wrong at nine and seven, they would have been the seventh, the seventh spot in the playoffs. They would have had that third wild card if they were there. Like, I think people are just kind of dismissing the Rams for not, I really don't see why people are dismissing them. This team would not surprise me if they went 12 and four, like Jared Goff bounce back year. Like he has been a decent quarterback. Obviously he's a system guy, maybe, but I trust McVay to give him that system to succeed. The offensive line's a little weak. Yes. Goff. That, is that was going to be my sometime. question. That was going to be my question. I mean, they the did add, line. you know, 
But I think I think that this team's floor is very very high, and if with me, eight win over under. Like McVeigh hasn't gone eight and eight in his entire career. Obviously, short sample size, but this guy was the talk of the NFL, and everybody want every, every NFL GM wanted to have McVeigh last year, and anybody who sniffed McVeigh's farce last year. And I don't know a year later what changed. So I think that the Rams are are probably a team that I'm confident at least to bet on to exceed those expectations. Like. I could see a world where it all falls apart, but I could also see a world where it's week seven, week eight, they're six and two, seven and one. And we're like, Oh yeah. Like the Rams were good. How could we not see that? Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on the Rams though? They're good. No, I was just kidding. I know. I like talking. (laughs) They're one of my, they're one of my favorite teams uh, just because I love McVay as a coach. Yeah. I think Joe, do you agree or not? What, what I do, do agree. Think? I think they're good. I think they're good. I think they're underrated because, like, even if you look last year at their average scoring margin, they were 11th best in the league at like plus 1.9 points, and that's actually like a full. That's a full point better than the Seahawks, um, and it's just like the records don't reflect that. So I think that that's you know something to be that's something to take into consideration, and. Uh, you know, the, these markets are set in a way because of perception and how the books think people are going to bet um, to generate some action. So uh, I think that the Rams are a bit underrated here. Sneaky team, sneaky team. Uh, I and I don't, and that. I don't, and I agree. Like, I don't think that losing Gurley was that big of a deal because like, what was he doing? Like he wasn't really performing at the level that you would expect him to perform at anyway. So he was just a, he was a big name and he wasn't really doing all that much. The last so, thing I'll say about the Rams and the move that they made in the offseason that like made me believe in them is that to the new stadium? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Sean McVay became the youngest head coach in modern NFL history in 2017. He was like 30 years old. Uh, they had to hire Wade Phillips as like this old guy because he had to convince his owners that he could be a young guy with a older more accomplished head coach, a guy that can kind of keep the locker room and, and Phillips Phillips is gone this year. Rams defense was good last year, but they hire Brandon Staley, who is a 37 year old defensive coordinator. He was the linebackers coach for the Broncos. He's been a Fangio guy his whole career. And so McVay is kind of doubling down on this younger, like innovative, coaching schemes on defense now um and i think that mcveigh like I'm, this is a bet on mcveigh i'm betting on mcveigh who now has kind of full control of this franchise on all facets of the ball of the of and i just think that eight wins i could think they could blow that out of the water but i will say like tread carefully but this is if you're going to pick any team in the league to come out of nowhere and then have them have us all be like wow, like how did we not see that coming similar to the Niners last year? It's the Rams. If your best bet isn't a Rams bet, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move real real quick to the Cardinals before we do our best bet. Um, Our best bets. Cardinals, five wins last year, 10 to one to win the division. Over under now sits at seven. Uh, This team has, I, I, again, highly overrated team. I don't know why their over under total is one win away from the from the Rams, but 
uh, Joe, why don't, why don't you start on why maybe we should believe in the Cardinals this year? Um, oh, that's tough. Cause I don't. All right, let's, let's start with Terry. Let's see. Uh, Terry, Terry, do you agree, do you agree with the Cardinals love? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, well, let's make this first take. Yeah, I agree with the Cardinals love. <laughs> um, look, they they had a first year head coach last year, first year, for a rookie quarterback, had a year in the same system. Cliff Kingsbury is there to score points. So what they do? They went in the offseason and got what could arguably the be the best wide receiver in the NFL. So now they have wide receiving core with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk, plus Andy and Isabella, the fast guy from UMass. Um, shout out producer Corey. Loves that state. Um, I thought I was going to say something. <laughs> um, um, and then they got uh, they added uh, Josh Jones on the offensive line. And they got the player that I would have wanted the Dolphins draft if they didn't take Tua in Isaiah Simmons, who is just a game-changing defensive player. So I think that Cliff Kingsbury is there to put up points, and I think that they have the pieces there to do that with you know the addition of Hopkins. And then also they added Kenyon Drake in the middle of the season last year. So they're going to put up points in you know a season where – I think, again, you've said this a million times, defense is going to lag a little bit because of the lack of practices in the offseason where you can hit each other and COVID. So give me give me Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech, Gunslinger. Give me the points. I don't see it. Um, yeah, I don't. I think they give up too – I think they give up too many points. Um, yeah, and but, I don't really think Kyler Murray is is there. Like, I don't no, like, I mean, last year they gave up like over 400 yards a game. Yeah, and, and then, Kyler Murray looked good because he was because he behind, had the like he yeah, was they were behind the games. Yeah, like he the average they gave up the most yards in football. They gave up the twenty eighth most points per game at like twenty seven and a half. But then when you actually look at um, Kyler Murray's yards net yards for passing play, he was twenty. He was like the one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he has that five point eight. To put that into perspective, like the average quarterback was around 6.3, 6.4. Yeah. So I don't, and considering that their whole thought process is score points, you're not going to do that having a quarterback with the net yards for passing play at the bottom of the league. Um, I just, I don't see it. I think they give up way too many points. And that's a lot of pressure to put on an offense to say, like, go out there, have, and put up 500 yards a game, basically, in order for us to win. Yeah, and if you want to talk about Murray, obviously rookie of the year, uh, but I think that's more stats based than anything, just because he was putting up insane yardage because he was behind in every game and they had to throw. Um, I think that you look at the quarterback rookie class as a whole last year. He's he's right there. He's not better than Minshew was in terms of PFF grades. Like you can think, oh yeah, he passed the eye test, but in terms of like grading these rookie quarterbacks, he's right there with Jones. He's right there with Haskins. Um, and I really think when you're t- looking at football, like winning football games is a different thing than putting up stats. And I don't think he's there yet. So I'm, I'm a hard under on the seven. Like I'm going to bet I'm waiting for the line to go to seven and a half um, because there's a lot of juice on the over, but in, in some books, but 
I'm going to wait for people to, to kind of buy into this Cardinals team as the team, as people say, Oh, they got Hopkins. They have the rookie of the year, second year for Kingsbury, Isaiah Simmons. Like, I think that I'll wait until August, early September to bet it. But if it goes to seven and a half, I'm, I'm definitely betting the under. Yeah. Uh, he throws such a sexy deep ball though. <laughs> it's so nice. Uh Last time I ever do you guys a favor, geez, you could have been a little nicer with your fucking disagreements, but whatever. All right, let's go I'll into be, best. I'll be your I'll be your Max Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go into best bets. Um, since Terry called me out on the Rams, I will give my first bet. Uh, I'll, I'll go first on the best bets. I'm going Los Angeles Rams over eight wins. Minus 125 on DraftKings is eight and a half at other books. But if you're listening to this now and you see it's still at eight on DraftKings, bet it. Um, like I said, rewind this eight minutes and listen to my spiel on the Rams. But basically it comes down to McVay never having a losing season. And his worst season was nine and seven last year and would have made the playoffs and was one win away from being ten, one missed kick away from being ten and six. Everyone wants to act like the sky's falling. So Bet against the grain, be your own sharp, Rams over eight. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit. I like the Rams to make the playoffs at plus 165 on BetMGM. Um, similar reasons. Oh, you bitches. Um, Should have went first. Should have made fun of Dom. Uh, but uh, mine was going to be... Rams to make the playoffs at 165 as well. Um, but, you know, if you're feeling a little saucy in this division where it's going to be a rock fight, you know what? Uh, I'll be my own sharp, and I will take the Rams to win the division. At I have, I have it at plus 500, unless you guys saw a better line. Where's uh, that? That was on points bet. All right. I didn't shop it around. Uh, I had plus what is it? on MGM. It's definitely not lower than plus 500. I mean, it's yeah, plus 500 higher. sounds good. Yeah, plus it's definitely not lower than plus 500 at the other books. I can tell you in a second one. Yeah, no, I think that's 500 is crazy value. I might put a little bit on that too. Yeah, yeah, because it's plus 450 on points bet. So, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to take. So is it plus 450 five or plus, plus 500? What did I you think- say, Joe? I said it's 450 on points, but you said it's 500 where? Uh, it might have been um, DraftKings. It was DraftKings. 500 on DraftKings, yeah. yeah. I'm looking wow. Wow. That's, that's yeah. juicy. That's one. juicy. That's what, I'm, uh, that's what I'm taking. Happy Get that one. line, baby. <laughs> Rock fight. <laughs> that, Rock line fight. Might, that, mind, that line might dip before this podcast is even released. Yeah, we all hit it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who wins the division? I'm going to take the Rams. Rock fight. All right, Joe. Let's do it. All right. Let's go go with the Rams. I'm betting on them right now. Let's Let's do it. Let's move this line. All right. The Rams winning the NFC West. Um, I have to take these these crazy bets now because I got shit for taking a minus 250 bet on on the (laughs) box. I'm just going to start taking 20 20 to 1 bets. Cam Akers to win Rookie of the Year 20 to 1. I actually like that bet a lot, and I'm eyeing that for my portfolio as well. So, mm. um, all right. Episode seven, part seven of the NFL Summer Series preview podcast is concluded. The NFC West. Tune in next time for our last look at the divisions. 
It'll be part eight. We might do a little uh, little quick hitter, 10-minute podcast, putting together an eight-way divisional parlay um, after we do the final division, the AFC West, on our next uh, episode. The Chiefs are minus 455. Does anyone else have a shot? You'll have to tune in next time on the Oddscast podcast. For Joe Delera, Terry Takes, producer Corey, I'm Dr. Leo signing off. God bless. Oh, bye. Bye. Why do we have 21 things in our inbox? Oh, I may or may not have used it for a certain website's premium month-long free COVID relief stay inside jerk-off fest. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. That's awesome. <laughs>
Okay, talk to me about the future of Public Enemy. Future of Public Enemy got a f- 